Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Well, hello and welcome to Calvary Live. This is the radio call-in show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, uh, questions about God, questions about uh, different religions or cults or uh, really anything that may uh, you, you may have in mind. Questions about eschatology, which is a study of the end times, or spiritual gifts, or um, anything and everything that may come to mind. We also would love to pray for you. And so if you've got something that you need prayer for, you can call us as well. And we'd love to um, come together before the Lord and lift those things up in prayer together. So... Um, if you'd like to call, you can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number to call is 303-690-3000. Or you can text 720-336-0897. The text line again is 720-336-0897. Would love to pray with you. Would love to chat with you. Would love to answer any questions you may have today. So I'll, I'll give those numbers one more time. If you'd like to call today, you can call 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, the number to text is 720-336-0897. And just uh, while we're waiting for those lines to fill up, I had just a, a couple of little thoughts to share with you getting into our time together today. And uh, at our church is Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. I'm Pastor Nate Morris hosting today. Um, at our church, we have been going through the book of First John, and it's just been a great study that uh, we've had as we've gone through this section of Scripture. And we've been in First John chapter 5. We did this past week covered verses 4 and 5, and we could have gone a little further, but I think that there's a lot of uh, good stuff right there in those two verses, First John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. And I'm just going to read it for you, uh, and then we'll talk about it just a little bit. And this is what it says. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And uh, as we looked at this and, and just exposited and picked it apart, this uh, section of scripture over the weekend, really we were looking at the fact that anything born of God overcomes the world. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that means you are born of God and therefore you overcome the world. Uh, the idea that anything born of God could be defeated by this world was strange to John, and it should be strange to us, because how could anything possibly overcome or defeat God, right? Nothing can. Therefore, if we belong to God, nothing can overcome us, nothing can defeat us. It kind of goes back to Romans chapter 8, verse 31, where it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So when we belong to God, we are over 
overcomers. But the challenge becomes that sometimes we don't feel like overcomers. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we feel like we are overcome. We feel like we are defeated. We feel like we can't go on or we feel like we've hit a wall or we feel like we can't stop with that sinful behavior or we feel like we can't see our way out of those marriage struggles that we're dealing with. And so we feel not like overcomers, but like those who have been overcome. We feel not like those who are walking in victory, but those who are walking in defeat. Uh, And the scripture tells us, though, that if we are believers in Jesus Christ, we overcome the world. We are overcomers. It doesn't mean that life won't be hard. Of course not. Uh, In fact, you know, I always kind of joke with my church about this, but we we often talk about the promises of God, right? We cling to the promises of God. And I'm just holding on to the promises of God. I even have this little promise book. It's a New Living Translation book of the promises of God. And there's a ton of beautiful promises in in this little book um, that just are good things to cling to. But one of the promises of God is that life is going to be hard. Did you realize that? Yeah, uh, you might not have guessed that, but one of the promises of God is that your life will be difficult. John chapter 16, verse 33 in the New Living Translation says this, Jesus is speaking and he's telling us this. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. That's a promise right there. He says, you will have many trials and sorrows. But then here's the beautiful piece of this. Jesus wraps up this scripture saying, but take heart because I have overcome the world. See, on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. It's going to be hard while we're here on this planet, but Jesus has overcome the world. So we can take heart, we can have peace, we can have hope, we can be overcomers. Uh, We might go through the fire, but we won't be consumed because Jesus has overcome and he has good things in store for us. And so uh, we can walk by faith, knowing that even when we go through the fire, even when we go through the hardship, that we can have the victory in Jesus, because we're not fighting from victory. We're fighting, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. The victory was purchased for us on the cross. So that sin that you've been struggling with, Jesus purchased victory for that. His blood shed on the cross made a way for you to have victory over that sin and freedom from that sin. That relational issue that you're having in your marriage, Jesus' death on the cross purchased a way, if you both come to him, to see victory and restoration and hope in that relationship. And so uh, this is just such a great promise that we are overcomers as we belong to Jesus. We overcome the world. And uh, I think especially in the past couple of years, Christians have had a hard time really with fear of the world, I would say. We fear lots of things that are going on in the world. We fear lots of uh, infringements upon freedom. And don't get me wrong, I'm right in there with you. But the reality is fear doesn't come from the love of God. Fear comes from not knowing God enough. And so when we rest in the love of God, we are overcomers and we do not succumb to fear because we recognize that he has made a way where there was no way. So hope that encourages you today. Uh, Hope that God speaks to you through that little word. Um, And once again, I want to just give you the phone numbers to call in or to text in. We've got a couple texts coming in. Uh, No calls yet, though. So we've got three open lines. So if you've been one of those people that's tried to get on and you haven't been able to get on yet before, now is a great time to call. You can call us at 303-690-3000. 
Once again, that phone number to call is 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, you can text 720-336-0897. We've got open lines, but I'm going to go to the text line here real quick and uh, read this first text uh, question that came in. This is what it says. It says, okay, please pray for Lizzie. Today is her 15th birthday, and she was taken to the hospital. Her arm is turning black, and she has lost the ability to grip with her fingers, and her hand is numb. She recently saw a specialist at Children's Hospital due to some changes in a growth plate and was told to watch for these signs. Please pray for her family as well. I'm praising you, Lord, in advance for healing and blessing. She and her families are believers and trusting the Lord. Thank you. Okay, yes, let's definitely take this opportunity to pray for Lizzie. Let's do that right now. And if you're listening on the radio with me, um, would you just agree in prayer with me as I uh, bring Lizzie before the Lord. Father, we come before you and we know that you are sovereign in this life, Lord, and um, that you can heal and that you do heal. And so, Lord, we pray over Lizzie right now. We pray that you would heal her arm. Whatever it is that's going on, Lord, would you just completely turn it around? And we know that you can. And Lord, we believe that you can. And we ask that you would. And so, Lord, I just pray for a miraculous healing, one that her parents and she and all those around her would just be amazed and glorify you at, Lord. But even if that's not your will for some sort of uh, miraculous healing, Lord, we trust you with her and we ask that you would speak uh, and guide and direct the, the doctors, Lord, that she's dealing with just to know how to best treat this, this uh, whatever it is that's going on with her arm, Lord. And we just pray for Lizzie today and we pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for texting that in. Uh, we will definitely keep Lizzie in our prayers and her family as well. If you'd like to call in with a question today, would love to chat with you. You can call us at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. And uh, I would also love to pray with you if you've got a prayer request that has come up. We would love to bring that before the Lord together. So I'd like to go to uh, line one. Is this Isseline? Is that how you pronounce it? Islin, yes. Islin, okay. Awesome. Well, welcome to the program. Thank you. What can I do for you today? Yes. Um, I have two sons. They are 20 and 21. From the earth. They're still at home. One is away. One is in college. So I just found out they're into smoking weed and, and into alcohol. So it, it really bothers me. So I would like some help and prayer. And yeah. also my church i've been there for over almost 32 years and uh, my senior pastor died and then uh, the two uh, other pastors they're divided so the church is like split in half right now so i would like uh, some prayers uh-huh. i'm so sorry to hear that yeah absolutely those are both things that we should bring before the lord in prayer um let's let's start with just the church and just uh, lift that up to the Lord together. So Lord, we come before you and we lift up this church split and we just pray, Lord, just as it sounds like there was just a, a man that was faithful to you and served you and he passed away. And now those who are left are struggling with what to do and what direction to go. And Lord, I just pray for healing. Lord, we know that you desire unity for your church. We know that you desire um, just a, a spirit of 
unity and the bond of peace, Lord. So I pray that you would bring that. And even if the, the, the church does ultimately end up going two different directions, Lord, I pray that there would be an amicable split, that there wouldn't be hurt feelings and um, all of the things that can tend to come with this type of situation, Lord. And I pray that you would move in this. And I just pray for Isolin that you would just give her wisdom as she navigates this for herself as well, Lord, and show her how she can... Um, minister to the other members and even to the leadership and pray that you would just move in this situation. And Lord, I also pray for her adult sons, Lord, who are both um, in involved in substance abuse, Lord, and in, in engaging in things that really are harmful for them. And we know, Lord, that you love the prodigals and you love those who um, who stray, Lord, and you pursue them. And so we pray that you would do that right now with both of her boys, Lord. I pray that you would that you would just let their sin find them out, Lord, in a good way so that they would turn back to you. Pray that just like the, the, the man in the story of the prodigal son, Lord, that they would realize that, that the path that they're on leads to emptiness and that what they really want is the life and the, the, the hope and the peace and the spiritual riches and fulfillment that you are offering them, Lord. So I pray that you would speak to them. I pray that you would put Christians in their lives who can speak truth into their life, not just their mom, but even other believers who would speak to them. Uh, I do pray for Islan that you would help her to know how to share with them, how to encourage them, and pray that you would deliver them from this, Lord. And uh, I just am praying in faith, knowing that you love those boys and that you want to see them uh, walking healthy, Lord, and walking with you. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you Amen. so much. Amen. Yeah, thanks for calling in, and uh, we'll be sure to lift, continue to lift that up. Yeah, thank you. All right, God bless. Bye. All right, thanks for listening in today. Uh, this is Calvary Live, the radio call-in show where you can call in with your prayer requests or your questions about the Bible or church or uh, really anything that comes to mind. You can call us at 303-690-3000. We've got one open line right now. You can call 303-690-3000. Or if you'd like to text in your question, you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to line two. Is it Helene? Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm well. I have a question. <clears throat> I don't know if there's any truth to this, but you know, I don't know if you've heard people say, "Oh, well, it's because you're you have negative energy, or you're attracting the wrong kind of people." Or is there any truth to that? Our energy, we give off certain energy signals with the universe and all that. I mean, I've never read it in the Bible, but. Have you heard that before? Uh, yeah, I definitely have heard what you're talking about. It's not it's not a biblical concept, um, except that it, it kind of springs from the idea of karma. You know what karma is? I've, yeah, that kind of like you did something, it's going to come back to you, so that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and in, and in the United States, we have kind of a, a different sense of what karma is than what it really means, but... But it comes from uh, Hinduism, and essentially it's the, the things that you say and do you know, in this life come back to you, whether positive or negative. Uh, and so the idea would be that you, know, you receive either positive or negative energy in according to, accordance with whatever you put out there. Um, mm -hmm. Now, 
this is not a biblical concept. Um, now, okay. there, there, there's truth to it in the sense that if you walk around grumpy all the time and you walk around treating people poorly, you're probably not going to get people to treat you well, right? <laughs> that's, just, mm-hmm. that's just common sense. But right. it's, not, it's not the same thing as saying, I'm just going to speak positive words over this and assume that it's going to get better, or I'm just going to you know, um, just think positively and it's going to make things better. That's not a bis- biblical concept. That's, uh, that's Eastern mysticism. That's Hinduism. And the, the, the negative energy that they're speaking about when you get to that level that you're talking about is not, um, that's definitely not a biblical concept. That's actually uh, a new age concept that is really that there is some sort of actual negative energy in the universe around us. And when you have a negative outlook, it attracts that energy to you. That, that is not something you see in the scriptures. Now, of course, we know that there are spiritual beings uh, all around and there are angels and there are demons and there are, you know, dark spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And it tells us in Ephesians chapter six that we're in a battle with them. But uh, that doesn't mean that that is some sort of, you know, negative energy that we attract, if that makes sense. Okay. So like if, yeah, like they're saying, okay, well, if there's something broken on the inside of us that it can attack, it can attract like a negative, yeah, negative person or something like that. Okay. So it's more mysticism. Yeah, you know, okay. I mean, and the reality is that, that there's something broken in all of us. We're all uh, a little broken. We all are sinners. We've all fallen short of the, the glory of God. And so that uh, concept of negative energy, I mean, like, in, in a sense, you could say that there's some truth to that in that if you, if I just choose to go, you know, be a thief and I'm going to attract, I'm going to surround myself with thieves, you know, and I, I'm going to end up getting in trouble. I'm going to end up going to jail, but that's mm-hmm. not the same thing as just, oh, I, I, I had a, I have a negative energy attached to me. That's choices. You know, there's, there's, there's choices and you reap what you sow. That is a biblical concept. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap from the flesh, but if you sow to the spirit, you will reap life, right? So, um, but it's not really that there's some like positive energy or negative energy out there that we need to tap into, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That, I think that was it. Like the light in us and the energy. And it's like, I, I haven't read that in the Bible anywhere. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, well, thank you. Have a good evening. Yeah. You too. Thanks for calling in. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for listening today. You are listening to Calvary Live. I am Pastor Nate Morris from Mountain Life Calvary Chapel near Vail, Colorado. Filling in today for Pastor Ed. If you would like to call in with your question about the Bible or your question about uh, anything, that was a great question that she just brought in. Uh, would love to hear from you. You can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303 or you can text at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Phil on line three. Phil, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Uh, my question is um, about um, Romans 1. I believe it's in Romans 1 where it talks about um, from creation, God can clearly be seen. Yeah. Basically, that um, that there's, I think the theological term is uh, general revelation uh, versus like specific 
revelation of the Bible. Um, yes. And I wanted to know if, um, I wanted to know what can be, what um, theology can be gleaned from, from, basically from nature and from the general revelation. I'm, I'm just to give a little background, I'm coming at this from like evangelism, trying to uh, witness to my aunt, and she sent me this philosopher that said, God can't be known. And, um, and so I was trying to um, figure out how to address that. Okay, yeah. Uh, so from Romans chapter 1, when it talks about that, you're speaking of Romans chapter 1, verse 20. And really what Paul is doing in this section is he's explaining how God can judge unrighteousness. And he, and in that, he's explaining that the reason that God can judge unrighteousness is because God has revealed himself. And so uh, starting in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, I'll just read this section of scripture for context so that we can all kind of understand what we're talking about here. So Romans 1, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world... His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his inter- eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So what it's saying specifically in this text is that the the invisible attributes of God are seen by the creation that we see around us. Uh, it's not that we see God. There's there's the the thought of pantheism, which is that God is everything, um, which is an increasingly popular thought. Like, oh, God is just you know when people talk about the universe, oh, the universe did this. That's pantheism essentially. So it's God. God is everything. Um, but that's not what this is saying. It's saying these invisible attributes of God are clearly seen because of the things that are made. So when we look at the mountains, when we look at the sea, when we look at the fact that the wind blows around the earth and moves things, when we look at trees and when we look at just the miracle that is life uh, period, we see the, the, the invisible attributes of God. So what are the invisible attributes of God? Well, he explains that in the second half of the verse. He says his eternal power and Godhead, that's, those are the things that we see. So when we look at creation, we see the power of God. We see um, the fact that God exists and it is personal and uh, is creative and he is powerful. So it, it's not the specific revelation of, you know, that Jesus came and lived and died and rose again, but it's a general revelation that there is a God and that this couldn't have just happened by accident. And, you know, Conveniently, for the past several hundred years, the the argument of secular science has been to try to, well, not even secular science, I, I take that back, the argument of atheism, atheistic scientists in general, has been to try to prove that you don't actually need God to explain all of the things that we see in the world, right? That's That's been what... Uh, Richard Dawkins and all of these different uh, atheist scientists have been trying to prove for hundreds of years is that, well, we don't need God because of this theory or that theory or whatever. But the reality is we know when you, when you step outside and you look 
at the mountains or you look at the ocean, you know that there is a God. It, it just clicks in your heart in a sense. And so that's kind of what this is speaking about. And um, there, there's there's another verse that actually leads me into a book that I would probably want to share with you. Um, and I'm trying to remember the... Um, trying to remember the reference, the address here. I'm going to look it up real quick because I'm not remembering clearly what this is. Yeah, there it is. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 is a, a scripture that speaks to the same three, same thing. Um, and it says essentially that he put eternity in their hearts. So he set eternity in the hearts of man. So uh, it says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. And so God has set the the imprint, really, of eternity in the hearts of man. We have we have an understanding when we look at the creation deep down, that, that sense of awe that we have when we see something that's beautiful is really a... a a cry of worship to the creator. It's, it's that we know deep down that he's there and that he's real. Okay. So basically his, his, his power um, can be seen through creation. And, um, and is there also, I think there's also, isn't there a passage that talks about um, how basically we, um, morality is kind of written on our hearts as far as like, Someone would, um, generally speaking, love and kindness is something that we just are like, obviously that's a better way to live than to be hateful or whatever, you know, something like that. So um, that that's just kind of written in our hearts. Well, I, I think what you might be thinking of is Romans chapter 2, when Paul says, and he's talking about when Gentiles who don't have the law and they do the things instinctively that the law asks— but that one is in context is talking about believers who are who are Gentiles who are believers. So they're doing the things that are in the law because they have the Holy Spirit and they're following Jesus. So I don't know necessarily if that is fully an evangelistic kind of uh, scripture, but it, it sounds like with um, it, with this conversation, really, it, it, it's a question of whether you can know God or not. Right? That's kind of really what it comes down to. If it's possible to know God, yeah, okay. So yeah. i i think I think that Romans one is good in the sense that you can see, like you can say, well, yes, you can look around creation and you can see that God is real, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily show knowledge of who God is. That's more of knowledge about that there is a God in a sense, you know. Um, so I would probably look more to the Psalms and look more to the relational scriptures of God uh, and his heart for mankind and some of those things that really speak to that. But there's a great book that speaks to kind of what we've been talking about a little bit. That's, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not an apologetics book. It's not, it's not for necessarily meant for talking to non-believers about these things, but it actually speaks about this concept of God putting eternity in the hearts of man, which sounds like kind of where you're feeling led with this conversation. And it's called, actually, Eternity in Their Hearts. That's the name of the book. And what this guy did is he went through history um, and he just looked at all of these different cultures that had 
these foreshadowings or imprints of the, of God and how they had this kind of Romans one knowledge of God. Some of them are amazing, miraculous stories. It's written by Don Richardson and you can get it. I think you can get it on Amazon. Let me look here real quick. Don Richardson, eternity in their hearts. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon and it talks about how God prepares the gospel for all different people groups and how those peoples were even specifically prepared to receive the gospel. And there's crazy stuff like like some prophecies that these different uh, tribes had passed down that would be like something, uh, I'm butchering it and this is not exactly what it says, but it's like to the tune of like, there will be, you know, a, a light-skinned person that will come bearing a book that gives you the answer type of thing. And that happens, you know, it's just really good stuff. So um, we're coming up on the break now. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say goodbye for the next couple of minutes. Stick around. We'll be back right after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. I am your host for today, Pastor Nate Morris from Mountain Life Calvary Chapel in Vail, Colorado, and glad to be on the program with you today. If you'd like to call in with your questions or your prayer requests, we would love to chat with you. You can call 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or if you want to text, you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. And uh, before we got to the break, we were on the line with Phil, and we were talking about Romans 1 and uh, knowing about God. Uh, and so just want to wrap up just a co- closing thought on that. Uh, there was a book that I recommended called Eternity in Their Hearts uh, by Don Richardson. You can get it on Amazon. I think it's like eight bucks or something crazy like that. And it's just a great book on how you can like just see God's hand throughout history, leading people to himself, even tribes like people. The question always becomes, well, what about those people who never heard of God and they were in the deep, dark jungles of Erie and Jaya? He has those tribes listed in this book and shows their gospel experience with Jesus Christ. Some of them in miraculous ways and some of them with missionaries coming and meeting them, but how they had this story leading up to it. It's a really powerful book. I highly recommend reading it. And now that I've mentioned it, I think I'm going to read it again myself. So uh, definitely check that out. So once again, if you want to call us today, you can call 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jacqueline on line one. Hi, Pastor. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? All right. Um, my request is for my son. I need he needs prayer. He's depressed. This is his first year going to college, and uh, he's trying to uh, navigate in this world today. It's different than last year when he graduated from high school, and um, he, he said he needs a girlfriend, and it's hard for him to have that relationship because the way the world is right now, it's like, they don't know who they are in Christ. 
women loving women, men loving men. I mean, it's like Solomon Gomorrah all over again. So my prayer for him uh, is, you know, to keep trusting God. And I need you to pray for him that he'll find that special one that loved God as much as he loved God, a female. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So he's he's navig- he's in college for the first year, navigating, feeling a little bit lonely, uh, wanting a relationship, yeah. and just yeah. kind of need some prayer for him to stay on the right track there. Yeah, stay on the right track, and hopefully God is sending. Like I tell him, keep praying. God is sending you that special girl. You know, you just keep praying and give it to God. And you know, at this time, all things work out. So I just tell him keep trusting him. So you know. With the pandemic, staying home, going virtual, back in school, college, it's like it's just it's difficult for him. You know, he gets yeah. depressed. He, he want to move out. He complains a lot. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard. He says it's hard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's lift let's lift him up right now. Let's pray for him. So, Lord, we come before you and we lift up Jacqueline's son and we just pray right now as he's in his first year of school and everything's so weird and difficult right now. Uh, and just the way that it's been the past couple of years with COVID and lockdowns and stay home orders and then sending home for virtual school, all the different things that he's gone through. Lord, I can't even imagine what these high schoolers and college students have gone through the past couple of years. So I just pray for him. I pray that you would meet him right now. Just bring him comfort and peace. I pray that you would give him direction and wisdom. I pray that he would cling close yeah. to you, Lord, that he would just stick close to you and cling to his faith and rest in you, Lord. I pray that you would be the first place he turns. And uh, Lord, I know that, that on these college campuses, there's so much pressure to be in so many different social situations and so many different things. Lord, I pray that you would help him to stand strong in the face of all of that and to cling to you. And Lord, if you have a relationship for him, I pray that you would bring that, Lord, and I pray that you would give him just patience in the meantime with that, but that he would uh, have a heart just to see what you want for him, Lord, that he would have a heart and a desire to see uh, you glorified in his life and that he would uh, make those decisions that will honor you, Lord, with his with his relationships and with his schooling and everything that he's got in front of him. And Lord, I pray that you would just encourage him right now. I pray that you would bring some Christians around him that can help just lift him up, point him to you, and help him just to stay excited about you and what you're doing in his life, Lord, and pray for just endurance in all of those things. So lift him up to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pat. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for your call. Uh-huh, you're welcome. All right. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. I'm your host for today, Pastor Nate Morris, and would love to pray for you. Would love to uh, talk through any questions you may have. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Let's go to Josh on line two. Josh, welcome to the program. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good, good, good. What can we do for you? So I just wanted to uh, make a prayer request for my boss. Um, okay. He is having a lot of health issues. He's, he's getting older in age, and uh, he is bearing the weight of the whole company on his shoulders. And it, all praise to him. He's doing an amazing job, but he's just now going on vacation, and He's asked me and uh, a couple of my coworkers to pray for him that he can get in the right mindset so he's not so uh, uh, 
aggravated all the time. Okay. Um, and so just like to request some prayer for him and maybe he can resolve some of those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let, let's do that. Let's let's lift him up right now. Lord, we just lift up uh, Josh's boss to you, Lord, and whatever he's got going on right now with his health issues and uh, his energy and all of the, the burden of running this company, Lord, I pray that you would just meet him right now and give him just comfort and peace and rest. I pray that as he goes on vacation, Lord, that he would come back refreshed, that this would be not just a vacation, but a true uh, Sabbath, sabbatical type rest for him, Lord, that he would rest not just in his body, but in his spirit and his soul, Lord, that he would rest in you, that he would find that you are his rest and he would be comforted and encouraged, Lord. I pray that as he comes back, that he would be of good spirits and that he would just be excited about uh, what you've called him to in that workplace, Lord. And I pray over his health issues, Lord, I pray that you would bring healing for him. I pray that you would bring relief for him. And I pray that you would continue just to lead and to guide him as he leads this company, Lord. And so we put him in your hands and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for calling in. All right, I'm going to take a quick look here at the text line. We've got two open lines, so if you'd like to call us, now is a great time to call. You can call 303-690-3000, or you can text uh, 720-336-0897. And I am going to look at this one prayer request that came in. It says, please, please pray for our friend John. He called to say he was driving from Colorado Springs to Forest Collins this morning. I tried calling him, but there was no answer. Okay, let's lift that up. We don't know what's going on with John right now, so let's bring it before the Lord. Uh, Father, we just lift up John to you, and whatever's going on uh, that's delayed him, uh, we just ask for your protection and your hand over him, that you'd keep him safe. We pray that you would uh, just direct, Lord, what's going on there. And if there's anything that's happened in the meantime, Lord, I pray for your hand over the situation, and we trust you with it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, looks like we've got two open lines. We'd love to chat with you. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Let's go to line three, and is it Shar on line three? Yes, it's Shar. Shar, awesome. Well, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. What can we do for you today? Yeah, so my question, it's a kind of a loaded question. I just want to preface it by saying I am a Christian. I'm 27 years old. I've been Christian like all my life, and I've had different experiences and different um, types of churches, um, but I know um, that God is real. I know that, that there's no question about it, but there are just some things I just don't understand, and so I've asked this question before to different people, haven't quite gotten the good answer and so i'm wondering if i even will get an answer or if this is one of those things you don't need to know you just need to have faith so my question is um sometimes i struggle it's almost a justice position with believing fully that god is good right because of some of the bad things he allowed or and that god is fair because it's like some things just don't seem fair different trials and things that happen in my personal life and others lives um, and so I know I typically I'll get, well, Jesus sent his son on the cross to die for us, so that wasn't fair for him. I get that. But then my intellectual side, which sometimes I hate, um, it's like, well, why did God create us to even, you know, um, have sin? And I, I know he he didn't, um, 
he didn't necessarily necessarily create us to have sin, but it's like you knew we we're gonna be sinners, so it's like why not just make us perfect, so to speak, or with or without sin? And, and so then there's the other question of where does sin originate? Because Lucifer wasn't always sinful; he was an angel or, or ministered music in heaven, and then he fell. So I don't know if evil necessarily came from him um, or if he wasn't inherently evil. So where did evil derive from? Because I know sin is what makes us in need of redemption, but where did the sin, where did the evil come from if it wasn't necessarily from Lucifer first and how is God fair and just if he allows bad things to happen? Yeah, okay. Um, so there, there, those are all great questions. Those are all great questions that a lot of people probably have. So I think that's a great, I'm glad you called in to talk about this for sure. Uh, I'm going to break them down just a little bit and start okay, with yeah. start from the end. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about let's talk about Satan or Lucifer, and really the origination of sin. Sin is uh, here's here's probably now this is not this is not me quoting the Bible telling you this. This is more of an analogy. Okay, so I think mm-hmm. it, it, you got to take this with a grain of salt. But okay. really, sin isn't necessarily the presence of evil. Sin is the absence of light, in a sense. So, so, and so again, analogy, please don't somebody send me an email and say I'm teaching some sort of false doctrine. But really what, what it is, if you, if, you, if you contrast God is light, it says God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. Well, what is darkness? Mm-hmm. Darkness is not a thing, right? Darkness is just the absence of light. And so, it, you know, if you walk into a dark room and you think, man, this dark, this room is so dark, what are you going to do? Are you going to curse the darkness? No, <laughs> you're going to turn the light on, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you, you walk in and you turn the light on and that's how you shine light in the room. And so sin mm-hmm. is throughout scripture equated with darkness. And so what that means is that sin is, and it says, you know, in the scripture, sin is anything that does not come from faith, right? So anything that does not come from faith is sin. So we think of sin as like, well, murder is a sin, but so is unbelief. And anything that's not from faith is sin. And there's varying degrees of what sin is, but really Lucifer, who was, you know, from what we can tell looking in the Old Testament, kind of a worship leader, an angel angel worship leader in heaven, uh, developed pride in his heart. And the pride in his heart said, I will be like God. I will ascend. You know, it talks about this in Ezekiel. Uh, I will ascend and I, I will be like God. And because of his pride, he had to be cast down. And it says that he took one third of the angels with him. So he was essentially cast down from his high position. It was one of the highest positions in the angelic you know, hierarchy. And he was cast down and basically cut off and then because of that he lost any ability to be the angel of light that's what lucifer essentially means right the the one that bears light uh, but the light that any creation bears is only a reflection of god because god is light right and so mm-hmm. so lucifer then was the origination of sin in the sense that that there wasn't this darkness or evil before Lucifer, but really uh, that, that what it is, is being cut off from God is really kind of what it is. And that's so why when you talk about hell, uh, Jesus describes it as a place of darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's like being cut off from God is really what it is. And so sin mm-hmm. is that which does not come from 
faith in God. And so when we're walking out of step with God, we're walking in sin. And so, I mean, it, there, there are lots of different things. Again, we can talk about the, some of the big sins that we think of, you know, things like, uh, you know, sexual immorality and things like that. And those right. cer- certainly are things we want to avoid. But there are also sins that are just like like walking in fear. Walking in fear is described mm-hmm. in First John chapter 4 as a sin, you know. Um, so... I think we need to define our terms there first before we kind of really see what that is. And then I think in terms of God judging sin, um, I think that in order for God to be just, he has to judge sin. Otherwise, he's not just. But just is one of his character qualities. And so the reality is sin has to be judged. But I, I think here's kind of how I think about this more more than, you know, really God looking with this judgmental attitude and heart towards sin. Of course, God does stand in a place of justice. uh, But Jesus, when he came into the earth, said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved, right? That was his mission. He wasn't here to Mm -hmm. condemn. God's heart is not to condemn, but to save. But he still is just. And so because he's just, sin must be dealt with, which is why Jesus came, really, in, in the end. And so... Um, this isn't the question that you asked, but sometimes people wonder, you know, why would a loving God send anyone to hell? Why would he, why would God choose to send someone to hell? And my answer to that, and I know that there are some on different spectrums of theology that would disagree with me, but my answer to that, uh, is that God doesn't send, choose to send people to hell. Uh, people send themselves there. And really it's kind of like this. Think about it this way. Let's say that you, that say that you and I are on the Titanic. Okay. And the Titanic is sinking and that Titanic is our sin (laughs) and our sin. We're going down with it, right? We're going down with the ship and you know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That ship is not going to stay afloat. It's going to sink pretty soon. And we're on the Titanic and a lifeboat floats along. Let's even say like, you know, some, some kind of fancy lifeboat with big motors and stuff. And it comes by the, the ship and uh, says, hey, do you want to be rescued? And I would, you know, say, yes, I do want to be rescued. I jump over there. But if somebody's with us and they say, oh, no, that's kind of exclusive to say that that's the only way to be saved off of this ship. Well, mm-hmm. no, I'm saving you from the ship. I'm not trying to be exclusive about what's okay. The reality is the ship's going down. So when we think about sin, sin has killed us essentially and cut us off from God. And Jesus came to rescue us. So God judging sin isn't so much about the fact that the sin deserves judgment, which it does, but the reality that we are all on our own headed for hell because we're on the Titanic and it's sinking, not because God is looking to judge us. God's looking to save. Mm-hmm. And he sent the lifeboat in his son, Jesus Christ. And so it's up to us to, 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 to say, yes, I'm going to get on the lifeboat. You know, <laughs> if, I, if I choose yeah. to stay on the Titanic, I'm going down with the ship. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense in terms of sin Not and really that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, when it comes to God being fair, I think that this is, it's, it's, it's it's hard because we get emotional in this. And the reality is if we are honest, if we're intellectually honest with ourselves, we would know that God being fair is not something that we want. Um, because if God was fair, he would let us all sink on the lifeboat. I mean, on the, on the Titanic. That's, that's what fairness would be because sin is, I mean, the Romans 6 
23 says Romans 3:23, Romans 6:23. I mean, the, the wages of sin is death, um, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So all of us, according to fairness, would be sinking with the ship. We'd be going down to death. Um, so if we look at what Scripture says, we need to be honest with ourselves intellectually and say, well, fairness isn't actually what we really want because fairness means that we're all just sinking with the ship, <laughs> with the ship you know? Um, but I understand that it doesn't feel like that, right? That's like our feelings don't line up with that, right? Is that kind of, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, like so, so when I think of the way that I feel about it, I'm like, well, it's not fair that somebody should have to go to hell. Uh, or it's not fair that, you know, but it's my, it's my, my standard of reference for what is fair or not is my own emotion. And so it's, it, it's hard for me to line that up with God's sovereignty and his grace and the way that he works. And uh, I think that the, in terms of what we go through in this life, I think sometimes we think of, well, this person got a better lot in life than I did. And it's just not, it's not fair. I mean, we're stepping away from the conversation of hell, but um, this person, you know, why did they get treated so poorly? And that's a question that has been asked throughout the scriptures, even for generations. I mean, you see the book of Ecclesiastes, you see in the Psalms, these cries of these people who say, why do the wicked flourish while the righteous suffer? You know, and And it's okay for you to ask those questions. Um, and I don't know that I don't know that I'm going to give you an answer that you are going okay. to just feel good about. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think yeah. I can give you what the Bible says, but mm-hmm. I think that 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 the reality is we can't understand God. We really just don't understand why He does things that He does or what He does. Um, I think about the, the the a child dying, you know. At a, at a young age as being unfair, yeah. but for God, we all are going to die. And so for him, for him to me, for my best moment in God's eyes is the moment that I pass from this life into the next. Right. But for me, mm-hmm. I would think of, well, if I died tomorrow, that would be unfair to me and unfair to my right. kids and all that stuff. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's hard to understand God's perspective. And, and that is, I say this to say that that is the one thing that actually gives me comfort in this conversation is that if I could really understand and make God make sense, then he would no longer be God. Because okay. a God that I can define and fully explain to you <laughs> doesn't actually deserve my worship because he's an invention of my own imagination, right? If I can, if my finite human brain can wrap my mind around all of the, the, the wisdom of God, which doesn't make sense to me, then mm-hmm. then he's not really this almighty sovereign God that is as far above me as the heavens are above the earth. Um, so right. I, I know that's probably not the answer you would like to hear. <laughs> I, mean, well, I actually but... really appreciate that. Yeah. Because, um, and I don't mean to cut you off. Well, go ahead. And no, no, go, no, you go ahead, please. No, I was going to say, because that was, you know, part of the original question. I'm unsure if this is a question that questions any answers that won't get an answer because that's where faith comes in where it's like you either believe or you don't and it's just something you won't understand on this side because that's where you have to as a believer trust and have faith in god so that actually does answer my okay. question because well, i'm good. curious you know is this one of those situations 
And I really do yeah. appreciate you for, you know, taking the time out to be so thorough with this. Uh, and so I guess that's my answer that I just need to stop trying to figure it out and just trust God um, with what he does and believe that he is sovereign and that he is fair. And, and, and that even though situations don't seem fair, um, that he's still God. You know what I'm saying? And, but but then I still struggle with he's good. Uh. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but here's, here's what I would say. And I, I think you're on the right track. I think you're on the right track with this for sure. And this is a question that, that so many people have. And so I, I, I'm really actually really glad that you called in with this question. I think mm-hmm. that um, resting in that place of belief is difficult. And that's, yeah. that's where it's hard. Now, I'm not saying that you that there's not answers to this question. There are answers that you can kind of get when you kind of dig in. But I think you've heard a lot of them. And I think the hard part is just believing in God's goodness and his understanding. And, you know, there's a scripture that just that to me speaks to this. Psalm 27, verse 13. Um, the psalmist says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And... I love this this verse because what it speaks is the heart of somebody who is losing heart. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're like, I would lose heart if I unless, I, but but yet, but somehow I'm clinging yeah. to the fact that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I think that that is that's when we go through things that seem difficult or unfair to us. That's where we have to stand. Is like, okay. I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm going to trust that he's in control. And that as it says in Romans 8, 28, that he's working all things together for my good, even the hard things that I go through. And yeah. um, it's kind of like uh, at the beginning of the program, I shared a verse from John 16, verse 33, where Jesus said, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, um, mm-hmm. but take heart because I have overcome the world. You know, mm-hmm. And so I think that's, it's not a comfortable place to be. And that's why I kind of apologize for not giving you just a satisfactory answer. But at the same time, as you, as you allow God to kind of meet you in that, I really believe that you'll find blessing and comfort even in not knowing the intellectual answer, because that's really where I came to, because I have those same questions and I have questions about other things. And then I really realized one day, like, you know what, if, if my God is someone that I can truly fully define and understand, then he's not actually God, you know, because, because he's just a figment of my imagination. And so for me, that was a, that's kind of like a, yes, God is, God is who he says he is. So, uh, here's what I would do though. If you have questions about that and you want to go dig into some of those questions, there's Mm -hmm. a great, great website. That's a resource. Um, Mm -hmm. and that is gotquestions.org. You can check that out. There's all, yeah, there's all kinds of answers on there and they can give you, they'll have more time than I can give just to kind of dig into some of those specifics. But I think that the heart that I kind of communicated is coming back to that. Just, it's like the man when Jesus, um, you know, kind of the man came to Jesus and asked for healing for his daughter. And Jesus Mm -hmm. said, if you believe all things are possible. And the man said, I believe, help me in my unbelief, you know? And I think that's that's a great place to be. And but that's that again, it's that heart that's just wrestling like okay, I trust you Lord, but oh, I'm still doubting and please help me with this and just come before the Lord in that and I believe he'll meet you there. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you answering my questions. Being yeah, a no, 
no problem. Do you mind if I pray for you real quick before we go? Oh, please. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. All right, Lord, we just lift up Shar to you right now, Lord. And just as she's wrestling with these questions, uh, Lord, that we all wrestle with it from time to time, Lord, I pray that you would meet her. I pray that you would uh, just comfort her by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would give her that that des- that just desire of her heart for that relationship with you, Lord, that you would just comfort her through the difficulties that she faces and when she feels like things are not fair and not lining up. Uh, I pray that you would guide her through these questions. I pray that you would help her in those moments of doubt and unbelief, Lord, and that you would bring her just that sense of faith and trust uh, and simplicity in you. And even when it seems hard and when it doesn't make sense, Lord, that you would meet her in that. But Lord, I also pray even in that, that you would give her some of those answers that she's looking for as she explores these things. Um, And so we lift all this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for calling Mm -hmm. in today. All right, we are coming up on the end of the show. We've only got about a minute left, so if we didn't get to your call, I'm so sorry. Please call back again tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to take one quick look at the text line, probably a prayer request here before we go. And um, let's see. So this person is asking, Good evening. I'm in need of prayer for my daughter um, as she suffers from PTSD. It happened while she was in the military. Please pray for healing relief in her head. Okay, so we're going to stop and pray for this right now real quick before we go. Lord, we lift up this uh, person to you. We ask that you would meet her in her PTSD. We pray that you would help her to get help with this and that you would bring healing and protect her in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for listening in today. Thank you for your calls, those of you who called in. And uh, tune back in tomorrow at the same time for Calvary Live. And it's been a blessing. Have a great night. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.